All right. Okay. Ooh, I need to lower my. You can't get lower. Okay. This will be fun. <laughs> you can grab another chair if you want. Nah, it'll be fine. Uh, yeah, I think I can hear everything pretty well. Should I ask the question everyone asks? Are we recording? We are recording, actually. <laughs> That's uh, a fair question. I like to sneak it up on people. I'm nah, going to take the headphones off now because I know for sure it's happening. Great. Yeah, I love I love actually being in the flow of a conversation when the mics are turned on. The Nerdist is, yeah. does that, and it's really Yeah, it makes trick. it seem more real and more... Yeah, I mean... Now I, now I can interview a conversation. Right, yeah. and I suck at interviews. <laughs> well, you know, me too, <laughs> That's so... That's exactly why this <laughs> totally works. And, uh... Wow, the acoustics in your office are actually a little more echoey than I was giving them credit for earlier. Oh. Well, if you want, we can go to the sound studio. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, it's dead there, so. <laughs> That's too formal. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this is great. I'm super excited to have you on. Like, well, I'm uh, excited to be here. So. Yeah, because we're in Houston. If that isn't, that'll be clear from the intro, but if you well, didn't bother reading I the intro. I hope we're in Houston then... otherwise, you know. <laughs> Then your job is different than you thought it was. Exactly. Or I'm doing a hell of a lot of commuting. Or we're in Dallas or something. Because oh, that's next on the <laughs> that's list. That's next, yeah. Uh, yeah, because we're... I'm in Houston because of you... Well, because of a series of events. Mm -hmm. Because Clint, who would normally be doing this kind of thing, is actually in D.C. And L.A. And L.A. He had that thing in Pasadena. That's yeah. right. Because he's doing their mounting fly, right? Fly, I think. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he couldn't do this, but... I could, ironically, short shorting him out of an assistant in DC. Right. So, but, but now but that we're glad you chose us. So. Oh yeah, I was. I was like an opportunity. I was. I was actually trying to figure out a way after we had had dinner that one night. Mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out a way. Maybe I could overhire for a week and just bum it with Joe and Mel. Like, oh, it's a yeah. business expense. It would be totally. I could totally swing the travel as a business expense, and then. Before I could ask that question, you're like, uh, you want to be here for three? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Done. And as kind of an assistant, not just overhire? Mm -hmm. Yes. Even better. <laughs> I'm happy with that solution. Well, you know. We're glad, well, like I said, we were, once we figured out what we actually needed, it was like, oh, God, we don't have no, well, we have someone on staff who can do watch out, but not really the editing part of it. Right. So yeah. it's, yeah. It's funny, too. And I've been trying to get you back ever well, since yeah, you Well, exactly. so. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Kate, uh, the... She's got to be accredited as the assistant, as she, more than an associate, like a co-designer, right? Well, she's like, uh, assistant senior designer, but also listed as production. Okay, well, yeah. Her and Beowulf are production designers. Yeah, because she's done a lot of this stuff on the fly, like, yeah. without having to coordinate with anybody. So she has to be getting, like, oh, yeah, top-line yeah, credit for yeah, it. Yeah, no, she is, yeah. She's, and she's <laughs> really good. Yeah. <laughs> and moves really fast. The first day with her, I was like, oh, no, this is going to be bad. She's <laughs> so much faster than I am. But then Kevin needed to talk to her so much oh, that I had to be. <laughs> one recording it's like i'm gonna do this note while you're talking to him right, right. otherwise so and by the end of it it was fine it's like she would just uh, deliberately leave me to go be with kevin because he has his way is to surround himself with his designers oh yeah yeah which is interesting it is yeah because he was even talking like he's used to like all the designers in a row and he just stands and walks behind in between them so it's kind of weird for him to hear here to have you know, a like Clifton lighting designer down in front of him and Daniel behind him and then Kate even farther away, so. That's interesting. I don't know that I think, I don't know that I've ever worked with a director who is that in tech that, like, connected to his designers. No, I don't think, well, I mean, I have because I've worked with Kevin before, so. Oh, well, I know yeah, that. Sure. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, it is kind of unique that, Yeah. you know, I mean, usually it's a lot of, between lighting and sound, at least here, it's, you know, the director consulting with them because by the, we get to that point, scenery's quote-unquote done, done yeah, and costumes exactly, is done. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, his is, it's, yeah, it's unique because it's a lot of, yeah. 
everyone just Because he never had a god mic on his hand. No, like, well, he's also, he talks very loudly, Well, too, he, so. he doesn't necessarily hugely need one, but I'm just, I like, you know, Greg is such a, uh, he's so focused on the actors mm-hmm. and, and putting bodies in space and, like, yeah. and connecting their ideas and, that, He's on the stage with the god mic all the time, yeah. and then, like, the designers are doing whatever they do. When Kevin's just the opposite. He's, yeah. he's, his philosophy when you get to tech is it's about tech, and yeah. we'll deal with the actors after we get through tech. Right. And, you know, like, on this show, it took us, what, 49 hours to get through the show. <laughs> it took a lot. Which is, <clears throat> you know, unique for us, but not, you know, I think it worked out really well. Because, I mean, by the time we got to the run-through, it was essentially a finished show. And it was, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm... Super happy with how it turned out. Yeah, me too. I'm kind of thinking, like, I don't think there's 10 hours of tech left in the show, but we'll see well, what he Well, no, out. there will be. Okay. <laughs> there can, will he be. He can dig it out. Yeah, yeah he's going to Kevin's going to use every last minute. Yeah. Because uh, there's a b- bunch of tweaking stuff I'm oh, sure, wants yeah. to do. And... Oh, I'm, yeah, actually. like, And it's it's one of those shows that I don't know that I've... Part of it is because it's all midi... The projection is midied together, so there's a whole bunch of sequences that just Occur. rely on things happening all at once at the same time. Yeah. And... It, it just always takes, like, oh, well, I have to do it again. I have to do it again. There's no, like, well, that was the operator's fault or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, we just have to make sure that it all happens at once. Oh, yeah, especially that sequence in Act 2 when it's just, like... Oh, my gosh, us, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's, like, 20 cues linked together. And yeah. It's just and boom, 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 boom. It freaks Betsy out, the stage oh, I know, manager. Yeah. She is, like... <laughs> there's one cue in the middle of it, which was once upon a time... J. Edgar Hoover was turning off the TV show in the Nobel Prize ceremony. This is all the way for listeners. Oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> a, it's about MLK and LBJ and the, the year between Kennedy getting assassinated and him getting the year plus or whatever yeah. and him getting reelected. Uh, oh, actually, I think that's exactly months. a year. Yeah. yeah. Right, because the very next cue after that, the like yeah, November 3rd, <laughs> page 27 or whatever. Sorry, Q27, page two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, 11 months of the election. Um, he was turning off a TV. But the previous cue that she had called was like 254. And that's, yeah, 257.5. She, she was standing that. by for something three and a half cues later. And like, not a, it wasn't a scene that was in between. It was like three mini scenes mm-hmm. in between. So it never got called right. And the actors never really understood where they were. So yeah, we yeah, eventually got cut, cut that. But but yeah, it's a different, it's, it's very different. And mm-hmm, it definitely yeah. requires like, well, we just have to go over it again and again. There's yeah. just no other way to do it. And but once it gets there and the timing is right, it's beautiful, holy crap! Yeah. It just boom, 10, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, that's yeah. ten. I think it's it's from page like one eleven on. Mm-hmm. So more or less the last nine pages, it moves so quickly. Yeah, it kind of comes out of nowhere. It's really interesting watching it because it's a three hour show. Mm-hmm. And like I actually, if you don't know the story, you have no idea how long it's going to be before the show ends right and you've done all this stuff with the delegates and i guess he's a nominee and then all of a sudden you just obliterate the election yeah exactly <laughs> the election happens in like two minutes mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but yeah it's a good show it is it's beautiful i'm yeah i'm looking forward to going up to dallas too because I, yeah i'm hoping i get to go up to dallas yeah we still have some conversations to have yeah but I, yeah I, yeah have you seen pictures fun. of the space i have not they I've, have some on the on their web page oh okay i haven't gone i've heard stories about it because i know because keith had friends who used to work up oh, there oh okay and, yeah yeah um yeah so i've heard about it but i've never seen it so. yeah it's 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 an interesting space yeah uh but we should talk a little bit about career too because i have okay. bits and pieces oh in my career path of your career <laughs> from various places that i have oh it's right worked. yeah you've been following me around. Well, well, sort of crossing paths yeah, yeah like i know and i know people who currently work at glimmer glass who have worked there for a while mm-hmm. 
Tony. Uh, Tony. Uh, what is his last name? Who he worked at Center Stage. Oh, he, that Tony. Yes. Yeah, he's an yes. AME out there for yes. like the last like two or three years. He's the Emmy now, I think. Oh, is he now the Emmy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you yeah, and Keith both worked out. We both that worked way. at Gomer Glass, yeah. At he the was, same time, or yeah, he was my intern. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I know that's the weird thing. Yeah, my last year there was his intern year. Oh, okay, that's so funny. It is. Yeah. Was Robert designing back then? Yep. As well. Yeah. yeah it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was Robert and Mark McCullough. Robert Burtel oh, yeah, and Mark both, McCullough both basically still there, did yeah. every show. So. Yeah. I didn't run into Mark. Until I worked at Shakespeare. Yeah, he does a lot of stuff in DC. Yeah. Or he used to do a lot of stuff in yeah, DC. Yeah, he, he did. He was off and on. Like when he was there, I, the first time I worked with him was on a rep. So he was there for like six weeks. Right. Uh, he wasn't totally happy. That wasn't my fault. Um, <laughs> Are you sure? Pretty sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, in order to save one of the board ops, significant overtime mm-hmm. during the reps instead of having one board op th- for both shows they tried to split it up oh. with two board ops but one of where well, i'm in this point board op is the wrong word that's the that's the position but we're talking about people programming, programming the shows show. yeah um the other person programming the show was significantly less experienced with the eos oh. so that led to mark like two days with me and then two days with somebody who mm-hmm. wasn't like he's he's a good electrician he's a very smart person he just doesn't have the the board knowledge yeah it wasn't and in, it, there are things that Mark could tell me to do and I would just like right he knew that they would get done yeah. and he wouldn't have to give any keystrokes and, and then, then yeah you have to go back to saying keystrokes right and, and so it, he was and he didn't know he was going to have to do that oh like that was sprung on him as he got there so that was a little frustrating for, situation for him but I heard stories about McCullough from David Roy. Mm-hmm. Have you met David Roy? I have not met David You've Roy. Never I've met heard him. I mean okay. I've heard a lot about him, yeah. I, but no, I've well, never he, met him. He assisted McCullough on one of the shows that opened in the Harmon. Oh. And one of the things that Fisher Dax thought was a really good idea in the Harmon, and if you're in the theater consultancy business, don't ever let them convince <laughs> you to do this, is that everything should be controllable from the computer from the from the theater space controls. So there's a motor that controls the seats, mm-hmm. so they're basically they can turn the front section of seats into a pit if oh, they okay, so yeah. choose. Although they never do that, they usually use the trap section because they just want the seats, which is dumb because they never sell out. But right. that's a different story. Well, you know. But that they have a seating riser that can go down. The seats get stored underneath, and the elevator comes back up, and you can extend the playing space as well as making it an orchestra pit. Right. That's all controlled from a computer, and at one point early on, that was controlled from the show computer. Oh. So, unbeknownst to them, because that's a terrible idea for oh, anyone yeah, who's horrible, ever, like, yeah. that's why, unbeknownst to everyone, the elevator move to move the seats had been recorded into the show sequence. Oh. So they had the tech table set up in the oh. area, and all of a sudden, they're, like, moving down. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. top of show sequence, <laughs> like, no, this is wrong. Yeah, no, this is probably not a good idea. And Sean was talking about everything, every single light in every part of the audience facing portion of the Harmon Hall is controlled with smart switches or mm. can be controlled right. with smart switches and at one time was plugged into the console in the same EDZ net oh, overall wow. like front of house stuff or inside the theater both were oh wow okay. on the same system oh, wow. there is some vague idea that you know bring the show start the show outside and bring it in right but still that's a horrible yeah it was a horrible idea and the they're not designed for that much 
chatter. The network was so active mm-hmm. that they just flicked themselves on and off. And Sean gives the time, oh. like, it just, it was so loud. Like, the clacking of it was so loud, you couldn't hear yourself think if you were near them because oh they God. were just, just being told too much to do. Wow. Eventually, they figured out, okay, this unison brain, that's not on the network anymore. Right. Problem solved. But yeah, it that- does make for interesting stories. Pre- breaking that building in was... I'm glad our consultant didn't do that. Oh, no. Well, and Legacy Unison makes that worse. So you guys have the awesome new paradigm. Awesome until we got all the kings. Well, you know. know. But much better. Much better (laughs) than the Unison. Yeah. So Glibberglass... But where was... Glibberglass couldn't have been your first stop then. No. Well, do you want the whole career path? Sure. Let's go all... Okay. Let's lay it all out. Um... So we'll start... Because I enjoy telling my story about why I got into theater. Great. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my brother did lighting in high school. Um, and I'm, he's four years older than me, so I'm like in middle school. Uh, and then in Wisconsin, where I grew up, we have this uh, high school theater one-act competition. So, you, you know, you, you do a one-act, you take it to, you know, regional sectionals, and then uh, if you're good enough and they pass all, you go to state, uh, where you perform in front of the Wisconsin High School Theater Association or something like that. Uh, but even, at least my high school, or my brother's high school where I went, even if you don't, your play doesn't go to state you still went up for the conference so it was like uh every the week before thanksgiving he would get off thursday and friday and i was like in middle school going i want to get off school (laughs) twice a week or twice you know two days before thanksgiving (laughs) so i started getting into that um and it was just really and so i got in middle school all we had was light switches that turned on and off lights (laughs) and i thought it was like you know the bee's knees yeah um and and then when I went to high school, I kept on doing it because, you know, it was fun. Uh, but I was going to, but I was really interested in science. So I was going to be, a bi- I was going in biochem. That was my. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was very weird. Well, not very weird. It was very, yes. <laughs> um, I got into it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why I got into it. It just really fascinated me. Um, so I was, I was going to biochem. I was looking at all these schools uh, for biochem. And I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll minor in theater. Maybe I'll you know, just find a theater, you know, that. A theater program that let me do stuff at the at the time, and it was my senior year. I was in uh, lab for Chem Two, and we were doing some kind of I don't know some kind of experiment, and I just kind of it kind of clicked in my head. I'm like, this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life, like just in a lab, you know, titrating things and testing pHs. And I'm like, I I can't fathom that. <laughs> so it was like November, November of my senior year of high school. I just decided like, well, I'm going into theater. Wow, and uh, which is good because I hadn't decided on a school yet. Yeah, that would have been awful. That would have definitely changed things. Um, so yeah, so so I just decided to do that. Um, I'd kind of gotten the bug because I I had done summer stock in between my junior and senior years of high school um, at a small theater that no longer exists in Ohio. <laughs> um, so I was, and I thought you know it was so much better than what I'd ever done in in high school, um, and I thought like oh that's you know, it's, it was fun, but it was like, oh, well, you know, I'll I'll get back into doing biochem when I come back. This was a nice little diversion. Um, so then I went to school uh, and did a bunch of summer stock at small little theaters around Wisconsin. Um, but then my first job, I say I went to Williamstown oh, right after I graduated. Okay. Um, which is where I met Rui. Right, of course. Um, which opened my eyes. Because, like, I, yeah. we had done, you know, my, my college was not not the worst college in the world. It didn't have all the... I mean, it was a really great school. I really enjoyed going there. Um, and it gave me a lot of opportunities I don't think I would have gotten mm-hmm. had I gone to a larger school. But, you know, they didn't have all the technology. We didn't have... 
um, we didn't really, we had 50 dimmers, so it was like, <laughs> you know, so we, we had a lot of compromises we had to make. Sure. But then, like, Williamstown, it just, you know, working with, like, Kevin Adams and all these other, oh, like, yeah. you know, and Rui, obviously, all these big-name designers just kind of opened my eyes. I'm like, oh, my God, this is utterly amazing, and this is what theater can be. Uh, and then, so I did that for that summer. Um, and I went to Actors Theater after that. Okay, that's, okay. Yeah, I was, uh, I was hired as the board up in the Bingham. Oh, there you go, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I did that for a year, and then I, that kind of burned me out after the first year. Sure, yeah. Um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, I thought, I was one of those people who came out of school and was like, I know everything. And, you know, like, oh, you you hired me as a board up, but I'm really more qualified for this other thing, so I should really be doing that. And I, you know, it it kind of kicked my ass. And I kind of realized, I kind of thought, like, oh, this really is not what I want to do. So... At the end of the year, um, my contract had ended. I was, uh, I'd already signed up to go to Glimmer Glass that summer, so that's mm-hmm. my first year there. Uh, and I had basically moved back into my parents' house, and I'm like, I'm going to do Glimmer Glass, and then I'm going to go open a web design company. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, then, and then go from there. But then Glimmer Glass kind of um, reinvigorated my, mm. my love for theater. And I think because it was the first time I'd really done opera, Work yeah, on opera. And, and it it's was really different. Yeah, yeah, and it's not that theater isn't about the art, but opera is really about, at least for lighting, it's really about the art. And I'm going to make a pretty picture. I'm going to pick them out with a foul spot. I don't care if we can see every little detail. Yeah. It's like, here's the picture, boom. Uh, and that, and working with those those designers and those uh, and the amazing crew that's there um, really kind of opened my eyes. So, so when Paul... Uh, Paul Warner was the lighting supervisor when I was there. Oh, of course, right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he called and offered me over that summer because he had kind of thought I was leaving, but he wasn't sure. So he called and offered me the uh, assistant lighting supervisor job, uh, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to do that." Because I want to. I was like, "I, I'd be a really horrible web designer." <laughs> <laughs> I thought I would be good at it, but you know, this is back before Flash and all this stuff. So it was like '99. Right. So yeah. Was, so this has all been total coding in yeah, the weeds like, which is yeah before squarespace how i built all my websites yeah. and now i'm so glad i don't have to deal with that um so i went back and i did that uh which was good it was a really fun year it, it taught me a lot again it kind of kicked my ass because i think i was in over my head um there's a lot of, i mean that, at that so. theater too though it's like it it's moves like lightning yeah once you get into prep for humana festival oh and yeah it's just yeah. like then it just does not stop no. for like basically four months. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't get your head out from like January. No, yeah, from January and maybe a little before yeah. to April. Yeah, you just you don't come up for air. Like, mm-hmm. and when I was there, we did shows after Humana. So like our oh, season, wow. our season ended in June. Oh my gosh! Yeah, holy so, crap! So Humana Humana would close, and we would do uh, two more shows in the <sighs> in the PB and then. At least another one in the bingo. Oh my gosh! Uh, plus the the apprentice showcases and all that. So holy crap, that's a lot of theater. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, but it was fun. I mean, I would, I I actually miss the Humana Festival. I miss working on that. It was, it was a lot of work, and there was you know days I would be home for eight hours literally. Yeah. But it was, uh, but it was just really nice working, being able to work on the new shows and seeing them develop and seeing you know even if they never see the light of day again. I can probably count on one hand the number of plays from the, the 
10 or 20 plays that, right. seen, that were at Humana when I was there that have had subsequent productions. Mm-hmm. But I still remember details about every single one of them. And I'm like, oh, that was a really good show because of this. And I really like how we did that. So um, I do miss that. I would like to go back and do that. But I don't... Not, not in the... Not in the path that I... Not in the role that I was playing when I was there. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, right, yeah. Um, I think that I'm too old to do that. Now, well, so. fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the alley sounds like it's trying to do some, a mini uh, humanish. We are, yeah. Alley all new. Alley all new, yeah. It's slightly different. We're, uh, at least um, when I was there, Humana was... It was quote-unquote finished shows. There wasn't much rewriting that happened oh, during okay. tech. Okay. Um, but here, what we're doing is we're... We rehearse it for a week or week or two. They come in. Oh. They do tech for tech for a couple of days. We have a weekend of um, previews, and then they go back into rehearsal next week, where they can rewrite stuff. And then we're gonna we'll do a brief little tech period before they hmm. the show okay. that evening. So okay. uh, here it's really based kind of more on the the playwright and the words, mm-hmm. um, and we call they they are finished productions. They're not. We call them workshop productions, but they're fully realized productions. No one's walking around with, with right, scripts or right. anything. But it is still an intermediate form between yeah. something that you that you have sold to a publisher is exists mm-hmm. in this form in order to be picked up right. and reproduced elsewhere with nothing else mm-hmm. as, as work being done. This is a, an intermediate step, a chance to see what it looks like on stage mm-hmm. with design elements in place. And what works, what doesn't. Right. Yeah, Because uh, kind of the goal that Greg has said in the past is that these will will be able to do like we'll work quote unquote workshop them here and then maybe in in like next year we may do one of them or or in subsequent years there'll be a more refined version that will do a a fully realized production yeah yeah so it's kind of kind of goes back to like when you were here when we had the new play initiative when we did all those new things so it's kind of a revitalization of that in a more more concrete sense i think that's a really smart way to do it especially yeah. like when you look at the statistics uh about like the number of plays that actually have a first production and then subsequently mm-hmm. have a second production but also just when we did when we did widow lincoln mm-hmm. it was a brand new play right but there are some stage directions in there that were like and this is where the trunks open and the all of these bills of sales for the debt that she's talking about just shoot out of the trunks and rain down on mm-hmm. the stage and like as a tech person i'm like how's that gonna happen that's not going to happen <laughs> like not even how is that going to happen it's not yeah. going to happen uh well projections of course well that <laughs> definitely happened we tried mm-hmm. that as well and we may have actually ended up doing i feel like that got cut i can't remember now because there were so many other things we were doing but like sarah rule has infamous stage direction which is at least as artistic as her work like the elevator in Eurydice where the elevator doors open and it's raining on her uh and this like flood of water comes out of it Um, it's great to write that but if you haven't tried to figure out what that can mean in a production at some point yeah that is a thing that will get cut Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So well, this is an an excellent opportunity to be like, okay, but no, but really, we can make your vision work for real yeah. before we have to like, right? Do before more with it, yeah. like before it becomes a different kind of commitment. So that's really cool. That's a really cool. Can I ask a quick little yes. question? Is that not only having seen and heard what you and Quinn <laughs> talked about? Is that so site specific that it couldn't be produced elsewhere? It's that's a 
fascinating question. I think yes, I think it could. It just adds quite a lot. Would, like, would you have to design the booth into the... No, I don't think that you do. Okay. Like, so you've seen the stage shots, it's... Yeah. I mean, it's such a prominent part of it's it that you would think that it would so need to there. be there. Yeah. There, she, there is a point where she references... Where, like, basically she spends, like, a third of the play either not remembering or sort of actively rejecting the memory of what happened. Mm-hmm. And then the darkness creeps in and she's forced to confront the memory of what actually happened. Right. Um, but I don't think the booth needs to be recreated in order to have that mm. moment land, especially since it's really about the time that she locked herself into one room in the White House. Right. So if you can make that one room as scary and weird and dark as possible, then the fact that the Lincoln booth isn't actually physically right yeah. there uh, isn't necessary. Okay. But it does add a whole lot. I was going to say, yeah, it's just kind of – I'd never seen Ford Theater until I saw the shots that you guys had posted. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. oh – like yeah there's no high it's, it's yeah, not it's, subtle it's there yeah. yeah it's not subtle and uh I've, I've told this story I don't know if I told it I probably talked about it with Shayla but still it's literally like boys to men walked in for the gala and they mm-hmm. were taking pictures of the Lincoln booth it's oh, the yeah, very yeah. first thing that anybody who's never oh, been in yeah. that room reacts to that's it that there's a portrait that was there that has a bullet track gouged oh, out wow. of it from when it was literally there when wow. the shot happened like wow. they're very proud of it can you actually no i'm just geeking out about it. can you actually go up there or is that or is it closed off to public it is closed off to the public but those who work in the theater occasionally have the need there's there's theatrical lighting oh okay in it oh oh as far um, as the rangers allow that uh it's circumscribed but um like so- a couple source for parts that light up the walls kind oh of thing. okay yeah. um Nothing that can you cannot modify the structure, mm-hmm. so it's nothing like mounting right, right, or whatever. Right. But you can enter the room to do oh, theatrical wow. things with it. Wow, yeah, that'd be geeky. Oh my gosh, I would because I I went to Dallas a couple years ago, and I'm a huge JFK assassination buff. So ever since sixth grade, so it was kind of like I went to Dealey Plaza and I did the yeah. sixth floor museum, and it was like I was uh, and they have the X's where the gunshots were oh. on, on the road. Whoa, yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it's kind of creepy, but it's also really cool. So like you can stand, you have to dodge traffic because it's still an open <laughs> road, but you can stand there. And like, look up to where the window is, and it's just like, it, like you get chills. Wow! That's, so I can imagine it's kind of the same thing crazy. there. Yeah. So. Uh, Nicole, the week supervisor for mm. DCC, who's down here for all the way, um, she's friends with the people who run the Texas Theater. Oh yeah. Where they apprehended. Oh. Like it's still an oh, operating wow, yeah. theater. Wow. With a bar, and yeah. like, apparently it's a really cool place to hang out. And they do things behind the screen as well as show movies and stuff like that. So, wow. yeah, that's on my list of things to do in Dallas. Yeah, I we were up there a couple weeks ago, and Karen was like, "Oh, we should go up into, we should go over to the Six Four Museum." I'm like, "Well, I've been there before." She's like, "I know." I'm like, well, "I'll go again." I don't oh, yeah. mind. So it's fascinating. <laughs> so, but I hadn't thought about. Yeah, I should go to there too. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. It's apparently a a really cool place. Uh, in addition to that, like legit history right exactly yeah um so after actors theater though uh, oh i did want to say though oh, yeah. at some point i'll just say it on the air as well but i think halverson would absolutely kill me if i didn't somehow meet liz franco oh we can we can arrange that, at some so. point in this yeah. time <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we can we can do that so. okay yeah. i know we're office okay so. Great. <laughs> uh so after actors theater i spent after my I did was assistant lighting supervisor there mm-hmm, yeah. I went back to Glimmer Glass that summer uh, and then um, I came down actually to Houston 
and I was one of the I was the lighting associate at Houston Grand Opera. Oh wow! For a year, so so we had a resident lighting supervisor, or sorry, resident assistant lighting designer at the time. Oh That's yeah, what the okay. Title was yeah, uh, and I was I was his assistant. So we had there were both of us at the tech table. Um, is it was still them. union at that point? The it still is. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, we. I mean, I drafted all the plot. I was basically being um, a studio assistant, then slash, and during tech, right, uh, dealing with all that, and that you know. A was amazing. It taught me a lot about VectorWorks. Yeah. I never used VectorWorks before that because I worked on AutoCAD because right. that's my university. Right, of course. Um, and way cheaper. We're, and we're still and we're the, all, most of the plots we got at uh, Actors Theater at the time were still hand drawn. Oh. So, oh yeah, of course. Absolutely. You know, I'm old, so it was, right. the, it was the late nineties. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that taught me a lot about VectorWorks and and FileMaker. That's where I learned about FileMaker. Oh yeah, they I, still tried to. I we one of the things that I did there was to find a way to. Uh, move all of the maintenance information that was drafted in FileMaker Pro into Excel. Oh, yeah. See, I'm going the opposite way. I want to put everything back in FileMaker. <laughs> I love FileMaker. Because um, it just, I just, it annoys me that, sorry, now I'm going to kick out. On, on my assistant paperwork, it annoys me that I have to enter stuff twice. Oh, yeah. So if I could just, because well, no, like, yeah. I, I did all the queue lists, and then um, I haven't automated this, so I know there's ways to do it. Right. Um, but I needed to get some moving light information, but so I had to go back in and put that on another sheet manually. And I'm like, oh, if I just enter this information in, in the queue, then it c- I can have it report however I want it to be. Right. That's the difference between a spreadsheet and a database, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And a database is definitely more efficient yeah. at that. I just, it's just been so long since I dealt with FileMaker that I thought I could just bounce right back into <laughs> it and go, oh, this is how we do it. So uh, <laughs> so that's on my list of things. Uh, but yeah, so I, I did... I was there for a year, or I was at Houston for, or the opera for a year, um, which was amazing. Amazing. I mean, we only did, it's great because you do seven shows, or we did seven shows, two right. shows in rep because uh, they shared the space with the, the ballet. Right. Yeah. So, um, so it was nice, and it was the largest productions I'd worked on to that, oh, that yeah. point. Oh, yeah. HGO is not kidding no, around. No, no. I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, 3,000 seat theater, and, um, I'd actually, one of the first line designer I worked with at HDO was actually at Glimmer Glass that summer, so we had talked, and he knew I was going there, so we talked, and he's like, um, he's like, it's a baseball stadium, and I'm like, oh, it can't be that big, and you walk on stage, and you're like, oh my god, this is huge. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, we're talking, it, I mean, there's huge plots, and we're trying to do, yeah. we're doing two shows in rep, so we're essentially, we're hanging two, as everyone who's listening to this probably knows, yeah. we're hanging two shows uh, on top of each other and we try to make the changeovers easier we try not to refocus too many lines yeah we try not to cross over stuff some stuff does and you know um, and we do that during the changeover but um, but it was great you know you'd focus one show and you tech it for three days and you go back and focus the other show you tech it for three days and we go back and forth um, and it was nice because we were doing huge for me anyway we we're doing huge shows but you know we'd spend four weeks working on them and then they'd run for three weeks and then we'd have six weeks or so before we do the next before we get the plot for the next show because that's when the ballet is in there uh gotcha so it was nice because we we were able to do a lot of archiving things that i wish i could do because oh, we had a yeah. lot of time to do, do it yeah, have, but yeah. um but also i realize it's at least in regional th- it's great for regional opera because you know they make they a lot get of remounted money. and yeah, yeah and, or they get remounted and they make a lot of money over you know because they're selling 2,000 seats yeah for three weeks for yeah, three weeks like yeah. Louisville did you work with the Louisville Opera at all I did not no uh, are they KCA are they sorry Kentucky Center for the Arts no oh, no okay. no they were over at the Brown oh okay um, the year that I was there 
my friend, my friend Ryan Connolly, who you, um, if you listen I've to the podcast, him, yeah, yeah. you uh, yeah. you know who he is. Uh, oh yeah, he was an associate, yeah. one of the artistic, like one of the mm-hmm. essentially the opera interns the year that I was ah, there because yes. he went to uh, Cincinnati. Um, oh, CCM. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and they pull a lot of because oh, the opera yeah. obviously I mean, pulls yeah. a lot of people. It's forty five minutes away. So. Right. So um, the but the musicians went on strike that year. Oh. So because they. The leadership of the uh, of the orchestra felt the need to decertify oh. and become an amateur group, which oh. the union obviously didn't no, love. Yeah. Uh, so they were like picketing very ineffectively out front because I did not know why somebody shoved uh, this piece of paper in my hand. It's like, oh great, yeah, enjoy the show, sure. Uh, there's two grands, okay, great. Yeah. Uh, that <laughs> seems weird, but whatever. And that the reason there were two grands is because they were two full grands. By the way, wow. which are enormous, yeah, they are pianos, yeah, they are. But that was it. The op, the the orchestra was on strike. Oh my god! So Marriage of Figaro was it just like two a piano pianos, <laughs> <laughs> which was super weird. But they also only did it twice. They yeah, teched I can... an opera. They they did, and it was like a thousand seat house. Yeah. But they did it twice. I, I do some work up with um, Opera Omaha. I, I assist up there every. Uh, hopefully usually once a year mm-hmm. uh and yeah we're i'm there for two and a half weeks and they have a show on friday night and a show on sunday night and then they close <laughs> which i mean it's two thousand seat house so you know you, you if it sells out there's four thousand seats sure yeah um but yeah it's just kind of like it's, it's mind-blowing it's mind-blowing <laughs> that because i i because it's a union house so i know i know what they're paying all those people and i know how many hours they work and i know obviously i know how much they're paying me and um i used to know the i know the person who used to be the production manager so i know roughly how much they paid the designers and i'm like this yeah yeah two performances just seems nuts but you know you counter that against the rent at least without roma they have to rent the hall it's not theirs so you know it's like you got to balance all that stuff out but yeah two shows it's It's, all that work for two shows it's it's kind of amazing well i mean the economics of opera is clearly different like there's even if you manage to sell 4,000 tickets, there is no realm of possibility that you've even broken even no, yeah. on your production. Maybe you covered the rent. <laughs> yeah. but Well, that's the difference between like opera and ballet versus theater yeah. is it's quote-unquote high art, and that's where the donors want to put their oh, money they into. Oh, they and they do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's none of this like... There's much. It's not that there's none of it. There's much less urgency about day-to-day operations mm-hmm. and like we got to keep butts and seats kind of thing. There's like, well, as long as... Yeah. As long as it's extra great, yeah, they kind of don't care. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing about a lot about regional theater or not regional theaters, operas and ballet companies, they don't have a lot of like regional theaters have a lot of the staff. Oh yeah, a lot of the people on true. staff. That's also very true. you know, yeah. Like Opera Omaha has like ten people on staff, and they just hire in. You know, like when they're doing a show three times a year, they hire in the people they need. Right. So it's not immense right. overhead. And that's that's the thing about regional theater that is so fascinating because, in many ways they are landlords mm-hmm. and they are production shops and a lot of well I'm not just say a lot of but I'll just say Shakespeare theater for example does not do very well at the landlord part of it which mm. is I mean under normal circumstances you're like well that's fine because you're a theater production company why right, should right. you be good at being a landlord but it just affects your day to day if all of a sudden you find out you have like seven different shops spread out over right. a, you know a 10 square mile area and all of a sudden yeah, like, the fact that, that you were yeah. a good landlord sort of starts to affect your day-to-day life that's why here's nice because everything's in one block right i think that has a lot to do with to me the like logistical success of the alley it's Mm -hmm. like boom yeah 
all of it's on top of each other. Yeah. You need to go talk to someone, you take an elevator. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, this is really the only theater that I've worked at. Actually, it is the only theater I've worked at where the scene shop hasn't been off-site. Mm-hmm. Where every... Because mm-hmm. usually costume shop, they find room for that. But the scene right. shop has obviously so much more room than yeah. you. So yeah, it's kind of nice having everyone... Like, literally within one block. Yeah. In the one block area. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah. It's, I'm sure there are economic-minded people who could cost that out for you. But. Well, but the thing is, we own the land, so it's not Oh, like yeah, and that's... A, it's, I it, mean, I mean, the land was given to us, but, you know, and we don't... We didn't have to pay to build a scene shop, right. so... <laughs> that's true, because it was supposed to be a theater. Yeah. And then that didn't work out. So now, all of a sudden, you have, oh, look, it's theater-sized. Yeah job <laughs> which is great so plus there's a little flood that forced it well yeah to details like that yeah. Moved the job, yeah. Yeah. uh so houston grand houston grand uh i was there for a year um uh and then i moved up to omaha which is my connection to omaha which is why i keep mentioning it uh to work for the omaha theater company and omaha ballet uh omaha theater company is a well at the time it was the third largest children's theater in the country oh um uh, and the ballet was um, was bought. The, the ballet had some financial problems before, and it got bought by the the Omaha Theater Company. So they kind of folded it in there and worked everything into that. Gotcha. So, um, so it was one essentially two companies, but under one roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ballet was still its own separate little thing that had to report to the, the <laughs> okay. Um, okay. managing director. But right. um, so I worked up there for four years, um, which was. I didn't think I was ever going to be in Omaha for four years, <laughs> yeah. uh, because you know I had never been to Omaha before. It was you know so like it's flyover country. No one thinks yeah, about Omaha, that's, but that's it is. True. It's Unless really you're into baseball. Well, yeah. Well, which I got into yeah. when I was up there. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's oh, a, Omaha is a really fascinating town. I love going back there. It's um, when I was there, it had the it was it had a really huge independent music scene. So oh. Like, Bright Eyes is from there. Connor oh, Roberts is from I there. Oh, I did not know that. Actually, I know his cousin. So, <laughs> I worked. His cousin used to be uh, my master electrician. Ah, um, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it had. A, it it was like second to Seattle. It was like Seattle in the '90s was was almost three elevens from there. And oh, oh, a whole bunch of stuff in there. Wow. Yeah. Um. But it, I mean, it's just. It's like Houston. It's just it just keeps spreading west. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. obviously you can't go past the Missouri can't go River. Past the river yeah. But uh, but no, it's a fascinating town. It's got a lot of life, um, and and it's quaint and it's really nice. I like it. I mean, it's four hundred thousand people, so it's not a small town. Right, it's not tiny. But it's I don't know. It's just really beautiful and really really kind of fascinating. I made a lot of friends there who I who I still keep in contact mm-hmm. with, and that's why I enjoy going back up there. Um, like I said, I do some stuff for the opera there every now and then. Um, they have the world, the country's largest community theater there. Oh, yeah, it's in Omaha. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's Omaha Community Playhouse. Um, it's community theater only because they don't pay the actors, but they have a technical staff on um, on staff. They oh, they wow. pay their designers um, really well. <laughs> um, so. Uh, but and they do. They're also the home of the Nebraska Theater Caravan, which tours um, a version of Christmas Carol around every year, oh, okay. and some other educational things um, around Nebraska and the, the Midwest. Um, 
so I go up and I design, I try and design a couple things there um, every now and then. Um, but it's just a fascinating, it's a fascinating town. It's it's kind of like my second home. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my third home, I guess. Houston's kind of a home now. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I never thought I would like it. But it's just because uh, I went up there because it gave me a chance to do design work. Because I was hired. As oh a, yeah, of course. I yeah. was hired as a lighting a resident lighting designer. Um, slash lighting supervisor. Uh, so I really, because I was really wanted to concentrate on design because I was like, I trained as a designer. I right. really want to be a designer. I want to go forth and do that. Um, so so that's kind of why I took the job. Um, I mean, it was a great theater too. It's not like I'm like, I want to design. The first place who hires me is going to get me. Uh, but, uh, but no, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. But um, but yeah, I was there for four years, uh, and I d- did a lot, a lot of fun stuff there, a lot of not so fun stuff. But, um, um, but I decided after four years, for a variety of reasons, to to move on, um, which I won't get into. <laughs> uh, and then I went up to Trinity Rep in oh yeah, because right, you did also go to Trinity. Yeah, uh, and I was uh, was hired there as their master electrician, and we changed. Did it. you overlap with Spencer at all? No, he okay. was he left. Right, he left when they hired me. Okay, not not coincidentally. No, he was yeah, right. Leave anyway, right, but, right, right. Um, I did meet him. He I came up a lot of weird intersections yeah. at Trinity Rest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was there for for two years, and then um, they were looking for a lighting supervisor and a master electrician down here, and in, in, in the alley. Yep. Uh, and then so I applied for that, and they hired me, and then now I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Forever and ever and ever. Not yeah, forever and ever. That was 09? Uh, 08. 08. 08. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cyrano okay. was my first show. Cyrano, that's right. Because the school year nature of the of it always messes with me. Mm-hmm. Because it's, I still remember my first day because I was. Uh, well, Cyrano was a big damn show to be. Well, I remember because too. like I came in and I'm like, okay, I'm everyone's boss. And all I did was follow you around all day going, okay, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? Where's this? How do we hang this? Yeah, that was the first couple of shows were really interesting because the entire crew was the continuity but all of the management had yeah it was changed. yeah no yeah it was a rough yeah it was a rough first year yeah but well and for for us anyway well it didn't help that joe that yeah. was the year that joe fell yeah yeah so i became significantly less helpful after that point well understandably so well i mean yeah it was it's interesting how i didn't see it at the time like i didn't recognize how just like an undercurrent of anger was like constantly present until joe was able to be at home again Mm -hmm. and then that was around eurydice when i was like when all of a sudden i could just like unwind and that's when i noticed like wow Wow, this has been a really well, I mean, rough it was, go. It was stressful on everyone. I mean, well, you, yeah. you never expect something like that to happen, no, and especially no. you know I'm not going to get into details, but having seen it, it was just like oh, oh crap. Yeah. And I mean, there was a lot of a lot of stress and angst and yeah. feelings going on in our department. So. Yeah. Well, and and then on top of that, you have this. And it's a sea change that's really started to happen with safety. Um, oh yeah. That I have seen sort of ripple through a bunch of theaters and not necessarily because of an accident but because between the new electrical code and a bunch of these people like OSHA getting a little bit more present when accidents do occur like Mm -hmm. at a bunch of theaters that safety has subsequently become something you can finally say to the production manager hey look we need to do this I know that it costs money and we may it may or may not be in the budget but there is literally no way to do this without that and luckily I mean we're we in 
for better or for worse, we really embrace safety. Yeah. And we yeah. we we went overboard on a lot of things. Sure. The first natural for the first reaction, year. Okay. What well, natural reaction, yeah. But it was it was nice to be able like you were saying, like production management was not like, well, do yeah, we they weren't to? in the way at all. It was all. like, they were it's like, what do you need at the head? Yeah, yeah what do you like, need? We're gonna do it. Here's yeah. the rules. Tell us if they don't work, and we'll we'll work on dealing yeah. with that. I so. like that we figured. I, I like that we figured out. Obviously, there were times when I was frustrated. It's like this is a grid. We're talking, and the new house has a regular grid, and you know, it has regulation pipes at yeah, the right rails, levels, yeah. and are hanging, and those are the hanging rails. And people are like, well, you need to put on a harness if you're going to change color because you're leaning out like, yeah yeah that's pretty extreme guys well, the the one that really my did, hands are going out <laughs> that was literally the one time where we the original rule was anytime you're you're breaking the plane of the grid yeah. you have to do it so i always remember standing on the slopes oh yeah. and i had oh, to drop gosh. a cable down and i was i was i was telling keith i'm like really i have to harness in to be able to i can't see i'm on the radio right, but right. just to lower some cable down standing yeah there and your like, hands just have to literally be yeah. over it because that's physics that's yeah. where the cable is exactly and you're not so. actually you're and then i think we eventually change it to, to the point where if your body weight center of gravity basically, if, yeah there was a center of gravity rule, which that one makes way more sense yeah, yeah. totally understandable if it's possible for you to lose your footing and then go, then right. you should be safety in. Yeah. The other thing about the new house, of course, is like, and I did all this math because I was, I was like not gonna wear a harness on those stupid. Oh, grids. because the are you talking the yeah because the, the lanyard stingers? between the length of the lanyard and the stinger and your own height, it wouldn't stop you from hitting right. the ground. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like this is so dumb. Mm-hmm. If I'm at the top of the ladder, do we do I want a safety like the seatbelt style? You bet. The the old wooden ladder. Oh yeah, the, yeah. The, the A-frame, vertical yeah. extension is like or sure. gigantor, or gigantor. Yeah, if we, when that's at 22 feet. Yeah. You know maybe when production management says, do you think we could get the retractor up there? It's like you know what? Yeah, yeah that I think may we not be a bad that. idea. Because I was like, because I had to use both hands to attach. Right. And then what are you going to do if you? It's like my yeah. feet. This is not three points of contact. And this, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of those things. Where, like, you know, it's, it's in the new space where everything is pretty much you don't need to wear a harness unless you're in the box booms, right? So it's it's us relearning. Oh, yeah. what we need to actually yeah. do again because so. you knew exactly how the old space worked. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I'll be going up the rings, grab a harness. Yeah, it's supposed C ring, which used to be a concrete soffit that you would sit on and just scoot your ass down yeah. the yeah. down the pipes. Like I should probably be wearing a yeah, harness. Maybe. Just a <laughs> Yeah, uh, interesting times for sure. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. As the saying goes, but the new space that I mean, I have to say, so the alley for those of you who don't know, Andy obviously does know this, but <laughs> uh, used to be a tension mesh, I, and like the history of the building, which is it's a brutalist architecture like icon, I think essentially. I think like, so. If, yeah. If, if, yeah. He, if brutalism is the style that you are a fan of, then the alley theater has in some way come up. Like exactly, it's, it's yeah. a very unique looking building. Uh, and it was, and maybe you know more about this than than I do at this point. But like people have explained to me, Nine Advances original philosophy, yeah, of being deliberately obstructive to road houses, to mm-hmm. road shows. Like there's no, there's very little truck access to the street, yeah. and there used to be these two concrete level. Oh, you had a two level set essentially made out of concrete for you, no matter what. Mm-hmm. It was a tension mesh grid and not a fly house. Like everything was what? done deliberately to. And it was. I don't know if you know the whole story, but it was much it. worse before. I mean, because in the '90s, the calipers yeah, used to come yeah. all the way out to the edge of the slopes. Like those, oh, those first, oh, wow, those first, yeah. the offstage set of columns with yeah. the big concrete. That's yeah, how far yeah. the oh my 
swipes came out to, and the or the calipers came out to, and then the tension mesh grid, um, you know, the T steel that we always had to yeah. go around, it actually went down another eighteen inches. Whoa! Because the idea was that you could hang lights up there but not see them. Oh. Because everything was supposed to be hidden. I see. Interesting. And I'm pretty sure, just based on how the ring structure was constructed, that yeah. the handrails were actually where we were supposed oh, to hang lights. Oh, I think so too, yeah. But, and, you yeah. know. But yeah, sometime in the 90s, they demoed the the uh, the calipers off to where we're all familiar with them. Right. And then, I think a couple years later, they sent a friend of mine up with a <laughs> with a uh, plasma cutter to cut all the stuff all the steel off the, the tension mesh grid that's hilarious yeah and to like that th- this is obviously my first like professional gig mm-hmm. and to be i so so at the vassar at the powerhouse it was a that was a really interesting experience too because it wasn't a tr- wasn't exactly a traditional fly house mm-hmm. it was because the um the powerhouse used to be a coal-fired power station. They, they, they gutted oh, okay. the interior of Yeah. So they kept some of the things, like there's a giant gantry that moved back and forth. But otherwise, it was a completely configurable space with oh, wow. like 20 line sets, I want to say. But the way that the arbors worked was you didn't have ready-made loft mm-hmm. blocks. Like you installed the loft oh, blocks wow. in whatever configuration made sense to you. So you would pay out um, aircraft cable for each of the five pick points. Oh, wow. So when we did a steady rain, um, it was a five wall set, mm-hmm. but it was raked in every direction it was possible. So it was three feet off the ground and raked down and away from the audience. Everything was everything was meant to make you feel uneasy. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any real right angles in it. And there was this like fluorescent set of fixtures that that flew in really fast so that you'd, you'd go from whatever they were describing in the street scene to being in an interrogation room mm-hmm. really quickly. But that too was canted oh nice so it was offset which in which in a normal situation would probably mean that you would have to use like two line sets right. in order to get or the spot appropriate like yeah. or do some crazy spot thing but we could just build a line set that did that and then That's build the rest of the f- flying rig out of give it enough room essentially mm. so that we could do it however we wanted That's so you could cool. you can put that you could put the house the seats or these risers that you could install anywhere so that's not a really good guide to how most theaters are no no that's not how most theaters work at all <laughs> and then to come to the alley which is again also not how most theaters work. Oh, no. it was just why like, there's no proscenium opening essentially nope. so it was like what is it what, like 80 feet caliper like caliper? 70, 80 feet yeah. huge wide open space and the slopes just made it feel like you we included we we included the slopes as playing spaces all the time oh yeah so, so like you essentially wrapped the instead you, we had a thrust but we could also wrap the audience mm-hmm. in theater on like three sides it was yeah. kind of amazing and the tension mesh grid made so many things super easy and super complex and super <laughs> complex at the same time there are th- there are times there's like Rui would be like, I need a special. And on a 10-minute break, we would have hung and circuited and focused right. a special. So like, you can put a light anywhere. Anywhere you wanted. Like, literally, on top of the ashtray, you need a 5-degree? Okay, fine, yeah. whatever. No, there were, it was like that. Yeah. But then again, if anything had to be done under the grid or... Oh, it took forever. It took yeah. forever. Yeah. It took forever. And dealing with pipes meant that nobody... Because we had Jay Glaren for one of our... Oh, yeah. Like, I remember that, yeah. ceremonies. He had no idea about cheeseboroughs or what to do with pipe rigging right. because he was all about wire rope rigging. Right, exactly. Which and is what like, normal people do. <laughs> we're like, well, this does us no good. Yeah, and we had that huge argument about whether or not whether oh, or not cheeseboroughs cheese yeah. are rated or not. Well, we found rated cheeseboroughs. Oh, yeah, so. I know. For a while... 
like I was just on a massive oh, crusade. No, I, I was like, that, there yeah. is no way in hell. It's a scaffold clamp. There is no way that none of them are rated. Uh-huh. Somebody has to have a standard for this. So, and, th- I, and that, that was not why we found the rated cheese bros. I believe that we found the rated cheese bros because when we tried to do things with Rotolox and the pipe and the tension mesh grid and yeah. found out that you couldn't actually marry the pipes together no, at no, all yeah. because you have to come in at an angle and the Rotolox just won't let you do it. Uh, that's when we're like, okay, well, yeah. we need to solve this problem because we literally can't do anything right. without this. Uh, but then I finally went to, well, no, after I left the alley, I went to primary stages to be a production oh, assistant right, right. and do all that. And it wasn't until I got to actress theater that I was like, oh, this is how most people have to deal with the theater. Yeah. In the, Which is weird because I always think actors theater does theater, like, I don't, maybe it's just because I've been here for so long. I think this is more, this is more how I, I always envision theater being <laughs> as opposed to actors theater. Well, I mean, the PB is a very interesting space too. Yeah, and I, I that's feel like, true. I think like, like, but the PB isn't quite as super unique as the alley was because there are a bunch of people who have to dead hang electrics. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and don't have fly space but can m- mimic. Yeah. Uh, uh, that well, yeah, because you always had room above the bridges. Right, exactly. And, but there are also clearly places that, <laughs> like those the drawbridges. Oh, yeah. Where, like, okay, somebody decided at one point to hang a light out there, and then we just decided just not never to say no what, to a designer again. <laughs> was, so, um, was Pi still, was Pi still a position in the pond? Uh. Sorry, there was an area over on stage right that was a pond that we called the pond because it was it was a weird shape. Yeah, and you know how they had the positions all marked out. Yeah, someone at three point one four oh made my a mark gosh. and put pie on it. No, I don't <laughs> think that was there. If it did, no one pointed out to oh. me. I would have loved the hell yeah, out of that. Yeah, it, it always cracked me up. When well, I saw and that. and like the, I really love the way that they conceptualized this space because this is super nerdy <laughs> this is two lighting people getting together talking so Hey-o. like um a lot unit numbers are normally a thing where people just count up the number of units um so like mm. you have the first electric the 27th unit is just that's literally the only information that you get out of it yeah it's like uh, the highway systems in pennsylvania used to be it's the eighth exit i hate that it tells you nothing don't even get me started on it, but i hate that <laughs> i do too I, I moved from colorado to pennsylvania it's like why the hell what mile marker is the fourth mm-hmm. exit it should be the freaking mile marker four i got into so many arguments with people in rhode island about this <laughs> so yeah and but but at actors theater we're like okay so they're all numbered so the 16th unit is 16 feet from the mm-hmm. zero so you don't need the plot to hang the plot. Yeah, and that's why they did it. Because yeah. when I was when I was there, everything we didn't use WireRoad. We had a FileMaker database, mm-hmm. um, and that's why because we we didn't have a plotter. We weren't doing a lot of stuff with which are expensive. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of uh, like I said. Most of our plots were hand drawn. Mm-hmm. We did get some AutoCAD stuff, but we usually it got printed up and we would just write on it. And, right, yeah. and that was it. So yeah, it was, so you could hand the you could hand the electrician the. The paperwork for the position and they could hang it without ever having to look at anything i think and it's really smart <laughs> and with our schedule at the time we would close on a sunday night and we would be oh focusing yeah on tuesday changeovers were crazy. so it's like you didn't want you didn't want to have to do anything you right. just wanted to be like oh hang 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 yeah hang, hang. You, you have to be able to just rock and roll it out yeah yeah but yeah no i always found that fascinating too and i keep thinking like oh we should do it at other places but i'm like well it's it's hard to deal with because then you know because our paperwork at the time almost never went back to a designer Oh, yeah. Okay. So now it's like here, like, I can't put, you know, it's unit 14 on on B-pipe low right. if it's not unit 14 because no one, you know. 
because the designer will freak out. He's going to look at it and go, yeah. how come it goes 12, 14, right. you know? So. Well, and that that's the other thing that at Actors Theater, they had a resident designer for a lot of yeah. their stuff. So, like, yeah. he... Was it Brian Lilly's Hall when you were there, too? Or? No, we actually... The two years I was there, we didn't really have one oh. in between. <laughs> okay. Um, Greg Sullivan had just left, and um, I guess Pip, I can't... Pip Gordon mm. used to... Came in and did a lot of stuff. She, she was kind of resident designer, but she wasn't... You know, she taught at Grinnell and then came over mm, and, yeah. and did stuff. And then I think right after... Right after I left, I think is when they brought Deb Sullivan in. And then when Deb left, um, Brian came in. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. That helps, like having. Oh that yeah, it definitely level of does. Yeah, like, like uh, you know, I don't have to explain this to you. He already, he's actually already, he's essentially explaining it to you by where he puts it. Like, right, exactly. Yeah. So it took me a while to. I kind of resented that I was still in lighting when I worked there. The first couple of months that I worked there, oh, so, yeah. like, because I had gone to New York to be a director and just mm-hmm. completely flamed out at it. Uh, which when people, it's it's, I have a different reaction when people say things like don't wait for somebody's permission to do it just do it it's like that's that's great and i'm a writer and i do write and that's mm. fine i don't need anyone's permission to write but you need someone's permission to be a director yeah, exactly. so that theory doesn't work there right right um and then nick had such a history with actors theater mm-hmm. and like there was a way oh yeah because he was there basically since i left yeah yeah so. and uh so adapt uh, like adjusting to that was, was mm-hmm. actually kind of hard and right my bosses have always been I've I've been blessed with a with a long series of very generous and gracious people who have been my boss who have like tolerated my <laughs> surliness as I transitioned to whatever choice was being made. Mm. Uh, and now I host a podcast, so that it got the surliness ground out of me for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, the, the funny thing is, I think I there, it was a little there was tension like that at, at the Shakespeare Theater Company as well. And I think a part of it is as I have become a freelancer. I have just been able to let go a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Like, because I'm literally not going to be involved in the future of this right, company. Yeah. I really don't care. So if this is how you want it, I don't agree with you, but it does not matter because this is your house, not mine. Right, yeah. But when it was my house, I was like, but... So much ownership in it. Yeah, and, yeah. and not being able to process the, that I didn't still didn't actually own it. I was still only participating in somebody else's process. I was mm-hmm. just getting more input into it. That's a diff- it's, that is a distinction that I hadn't been making. Which is, as a freelancer, much easier for me to understand. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. So yeah, I probably will never be on staff as a as a wrench turner again. But I can understand that. Yeah. That's a that's a. I mean, it's all a choice everyone makes. Like you know, well, at some, point, some people enjoy doing that for yeah. all their life, and some people don't. And so. I think ultimately, the people who do that, who who become lifers at that, tend to gravitate toward the union work. Yeah. yeah. Because the level of money is. So let's greater. you do that like, yeah you could actually do that your whole life and still you know afford to buy a house mm-hmm. which you can't do in regional like you can't be an electrician on staff at a regional theater and buy your own house without finding a way to move up in the ranks at least getting a board op well, position well it's true he, but it's <laughs> well he's bored i guess he was a board op but he, he was a board house, op too so, like yeah. you really need that level of overtime at some point in the season to sort of like get that bump and base pay and obviously it helps that he's you know married well yeah details, details. <laughs> and to an actress so um the first time i got a sense of what what equities pay levels were too i was oh, like oh yeah oh 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 i learned that so <laughs> when i not 
complain or anything. When no, I, no, no, no. When I started at Actors Theater, I was making $200 a week after taxes. Yeah. <laughs> and they posted somewhere what the equity minimum was, and I read that, and it was like, at the time, it was like $600, yep. and I'm like, man, I should learn how to act. It's so, you hear these stories coming out of New York that are so fascinating, because it's the union guys definitely make more than oh, the yeah. equity minimum. Um, but the, so the the dynamic of New York people when they come out into the regions, like their relationship with techies is based on people who make more money than them. But it's like out here in the regions, that's so not yeah. true. You yeah. you make you in the you yeah you dancer in the background who doesn't have a, a line, yeah. you definitely make probably twice as much a week as I do. Yeah, exactly. Um, and overtime is the only thing that I mean. You know, when you do six shows, you got overtime enough, and that changes. It's it's fine. But yeah. when I was an electrician, it was a little harder. Like, mm-hmm. but but. Well, no, because I stumbled into overtime with... I mean, there's always overtime during load-in. Yeah. It was with us, load-ins and Yeah. And well, tech. no, because I also... I was an operator on, like, within the first two of the first three shows. Because we did... Oh, yeah. Because um, on Carol, I would be a spotlight right. operator. So that... And then we rolled into Hitchcock Blonde, and I was the oh, projections. Yeah. So I was in tech, like... Oh, yeah. Coding, actually, like writing in C and C++. <laughs> we still have those somewhere. It's <laughs> so funny. That's so ridiculous. That's the other thing I saw, the box that uh, that had the Roscoe keystroke. Oh, yeah. That's what prompted the thing, like, the, that that feeling when you see something with your handwriting on it that you never thought you oh, would see again. Oh, that's what, okay. It's like, that keystroke thing still has my freaking app. We keep talking about using it, but now it's like everything just turns into mid- Like, like yeah. now that we bought... Usually we would use it to trigger, so we wouldn't have to have the board op trigger the right. uh, the keynote thing when we were playing something yes. back for video. Yep. But now it's like, well, we have QLab, and QLab <laughs> just takes MIDI, yeah. and we can do text with MIDI, so or text with QLab, so. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Uh, it's so interesting. One of these days back. we're going to use it again. Yeah, right. Well, it's, it's actually <laughs> useful. Like, hitting a keystroke with a DMX, it is not inconceivable that that would be. No, true, yeah. Especially... If it ends up on stage, like some some oh, practical yeah. thing, oh, yeah. you could probably that. that that would be some that would be the easiest way to deal with some practical thing. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Sure. Yeah. Oh, next time we have a computer yeah. on stage, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually kind of shocked that we haven't. I have almost never seen a computer on stage. We had one on stage since I've been here, and that was on Secret Order, my first show. Oh my! Or my gosh. second show, yeah. But that show was garbage. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know, but. It's, so much acting talent on that show. Like I didn't yeah. know who Larry Pine and Kenneth Ty were. Yeah. At the time, it was like these are just like old New York hands. But then Larry Pine shows up in the freaking every Wes Anderson movie yeah. ever made, and Kenneth Ty shows up in the freaking Avengers movie. <laughs> like, What's even? I mean, even artistically, like you know, the uh, Charles who directed it was the artistic director at Oh yeah Merrimack. Yeah. And um, I can't remember the scene designer's name, but he does a lot of he did a lot oh, of stuff yeah. in Merrimack and around yeah. town because Karen had worked with them in mm-hmm. whatever town that was, Buffalo. So, <laughs> so funny. Yeah, but yeah, but oh, such a horrible script. Terrible script. Terrible script. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't I don't believe I've ever seen another production that play, and I'm no never should be produced again. No, I don't think you ever will. <laughs> I don't think you ever will. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a downer note to end on, but we are at our hour, oh, yeah. and you have an iPad, I believe, to well, it's at five it o'clock. I just said four o'clock, so I didn't <laughs> have enough time to drive out west. <laughs> uh, this would be normally where we would plug something. But uh, we do have a show opening. Well, we have all the way opening. Yeah. I don't know when this is going up. Oh, I never get to. Say, I always wanted to say that. <laughs> um, It'll probably go up. I think Friday when okay. I get back, when okay. I get like right a day to settle in. So, uh, yeah, we have all the way open at the alley um, Wednesday, 
Yeah. Holy crap, that's Wednesday. Yeah. That's <laughs> and it runs through the 21st, and then it goes up to Dallas. So Which I think it opens March 3rd? Somewhere around there, yeah. I think that's the dates that I've seen. Um, and then, completely unrelated to that, it opens at Arena Stage in yeah. April. <laughs> Not the same production. Not the same production. Although, I would like this production to have another life. I do. I I think it probably will. I did but... email Luton at Arena Stage. like, I just did this show twice. Uh, if you do projections, I could Well, it's it hard again. not to do projections I, in he, the show. It's freaking in the, the, the yeah. scoreboard on it. It's, it's in the script. Yeah, like, and I don't think you could... I can't imagine the show without no. even just the title saying what's going on because you would get so lost. Oh, yeah. And it, there's no way you can do that with Gobos because you would run out of money. It's cheaper to yeah, rent four run projectors of... than it is to buy that many glass Gobos. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, it's in the round. It's in the Fitch. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. We'll see how that goes. I'll, I'm definitely hanging it regardless. Well, there you go. So <laughs> if I can make it out to D.C. to see it, I would. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Do you, because you work around town as I well, do. too, I'm for kind... our Houston listeners. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of taking this year off oh, because okay. um, moving into the new space, oh, I did not yeah. want to overwhelm myself. And having two and now three new staff members, right. um, I didn't want to overdo myself. Yeah. So I have nothing coming up currently, okay. but hopefully something will will turn up yeah so well cool well thanks for having me well thank you thanks for coming in oh absolutely it's been my pleasure (laughs) yay